Welcome once again to another edition of The Brattlecast, brought to you by The Brattle Bookshop in downtown Boston. And we talk about books, old, rare, out of print, new, any kind, miniatures. We talk about them all with Ken Gloss, the proprietor of The Brattle Bookshop. And uh, we're doing so these days, and this is no surprise, via a great technology that has exploded called Zoom. And I wish I had bought stock. <laughs> Most of us feel that way. <laughs> But Ken, you and I thought we'd spend a, a little time talking about how Zoom is working with and for you and some of the people who want to get in touch with you and how you're adapting to this new technology, even though it's hopefully just temporary. Well, I, I don't know whether I hope it's just temporary. I, it's a tool. And, and Zoom, FaceTime, all of those are great ways of video connecting. And, and there'll be many, many more technologies. But we've had actually a few things that have come up that I that I found very interesting. Uh, obviously, we're doing the podcast this way, <laughs> even though the podcasts are basically radio and you don't get the images, but uh, it keeps us connected, which yes. is very important. Yes. Uh, one of the things that actually has come up that people have been finding fascinating is we've been getting some calls of people who are doing meetings by Zoom and they want backgrounds. Now you can get virtual backgrounds, you can get stock photos and post them and get it in there. But we've actually had some people who were calling and wanting real books and backgrounds. And the way this started was uh, we, we were watching some people on other Zoom um, thing and we looked at the background of their things and, and my employees were tweet, texting back and forth look, the books are a mess, or look, they just, <laughs> the books aren't that good, or uh, this, what about this, or it really should look like that. And actually, uh, they put it sort of on um, social media, they're, they're back and forth, and it got picked up by a few people. And in a way, if you think about it, um, that a lot of people, if you know somebody, and everybody is familiar, and that's fine. But if you're doing a Zoom meeting with someone you don't know, maybe it's a job interview, maybe it's a whatever. First impressions are very, very important. And so what you don't think of it necessarily, but if you're at home, you don't think of what the background is. Now, right now we're doing this and you're getting the background here. But if I was doing this with someone I didn't know, I would move my computer sort of like this a little. Yes, and there and are the books. All, you would have a lot more books. And, yeah. and if I wanted it to be more antiquarian, I'd move it into another room where we have all the old books. But if you think about it, it's your first impression. And one of the things that books give as a background, if you look at somebody's library and you look in the books in it, you can tell a lot about them, what their interests are, what their politics are many times, how scholarly they are. Books really give a intellectual background of somebody. It's also the image they want to project. So, so it went back and forth. And this is a relatively new because the, the, uh, it's only been the month that we haven't been able to really communicate with people. But our store is always done decorating. We would get calls from movies, and then a lot of times it has to be certain time periods. Uh, it has to have certain looks for the movie or for advertising uh, backgrounds or maybe in bars or model homes. Books sort of give that 
image of sophistication. Uh, and and uh, so we've actually had some people now calling us and say, we have bookshelves behind us. The real books look better than the stock images because you can tell those aren't necessarily real. So we've had uh, people call, uh, they're an architect, they want some architectural books, but they wanted them larger. They, they wanted to make sure that you could actually read the titles of the books. So they had the contrast and the color of the spine in the actual title, uh, the size, the background. But it's been a very interesting experience. And a lot of times, we, since people can't come into the store right now, uh, we're shipping everything out. But to curate what they want, one of our first questions are is, how big are your shelves? How, how many feet are the shelves? And they're usually about 10 books per foot, so we can get an idea of how many they need. But then when we start selecting, do they want light colors? Do they want dark colors? Are they a scientist? Do they want engineering books? Are they a legal person? Do they want law books? Or do they want books about the law so that people will see it? Right. Do they want new books, novels? Or do they not want certain subjects, areas, things that they might consider controversial. I think it's a new I think it's a new concept called literary interior design that you're coming up with. Well, it, uh, it, it's it's fascinating. I just wanted to ask though, um, and let's do a, a call to action here. If people have thoughts about this, they should get in touch with you. They shouldn't just uh, be reflecting on it. You you are actively helping people with some of this stuff. And we're actively helping people with it. We're curating it. Like I say, we're used to doing decorating. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've always gone in that. And this is just a way of doing it a little differently. Although you do have to allow for how's the light going to hit back in a Zoom? Uh, what's it going to look like from a, you know, from a remote? Uh, and one of the ways that we curated a little is we, we haven't had a lot of people call, but we've had a few people call. And with FaceTime or Zoom, we can show them the shelf immediately. Mm. It might not be exactly what it's going to look like, but they can know, well, the third book, no, let, let's pull that one out. Let's get this one in. Or we want it a little taller, bigger. We need a little more. Put a few of these in. So we can do almost all the curating of their background by just showing pictures of shelves, and it can be done instantly. That's great. Now, there's another application that's really helpful for you and for customers and people out there, and that is if they take a picture or get on Zoom with you, let's say, for appraisals, for a look at what's there and if they really want to get a sense of what they have, correct? Well, well, it's, it's actually a very interesting thing uh, with that. Um, the... This, phones, this phones are ringing. That shows the world that we're not making this up. You are at the store. This one's going to ring through a few times. But, That's okay. Uh, they, but what, what actually has happened is people, yeah, they're calling us. Now, for, for a long time now, on our webpage, when people want to sell books, we actually have instructions of how to take pictures of your bookshelves, and you can send them, text them. Um, mainly email is best, and, it, and we emphasize they have to be in focus so that we can see them. So we've been doing sort of that type of appraisal, but recently we've had a couple of, one, well, let me say, one of the ways we 
do a lot of appraisals to help people. And a lot of these we do as long as they're not written for free. Either an antique dealer will call us or an auctioneer or someone who was doing a general house appraisal and they'll ask us, do we need to appraise these in detail or not? And we'll tell them, send us some pictures. Uh, or we'll go out if they're, you know, if it seems warranted. And there was two of them that we had already scheduled before all of the social distancing happened. And uh, we told the people, although we would love to go out, we're not going out to your house. It's not fair to you, to us, whatever. But if you can get us pictures. So they said, yeah, let's do this either by Zoom or FaceTime. And one of the appraisals went perfectly. In other words, it was an appraiser who was familiar with doing this type of material. They were there with the person and they got the pictures and we went through a few thousand books on the library. Now, we couldn't do each individual one, but we were more than able to say, this looks like it's worth, most of them are a few dollars at best, some of them aren't even that, but this little bookshelf that was in the upper room, this one really needs to be looked at, you know, take more care, maybe individual pictures. And, and it worked out great and everybody was happy and, and we decided that this one, when everything clears up, we really need to look at. Another uh, appraisal was same thing, we looked at it and uh, it, again, it went well. The person was familiar with the technology and they said, we looked at it and said, you know, best thing to do is the local library book sale, uh, maybe a charity it's not worth anybody's mm. trouble whether we could come out or not. They're just good books, but not valuable. Let me ask a question at this point. Do you need to touch, hold, and, and be in the presence of something to get an, a truly accurate appraisal in general? If you are dealing with something that seems to be valuable and rare, yes, you do need to have it and touch it. But from what I'm describing, either photographs or uh, uh, videos or so on, you can look and say, this doesn't need that type of service. But if you spot something that looks like it might be, then you say, okay, this one needs special attention. So the large majority of books, you can actually look at, look at the spines. I've seen so many over my lifetime that I can say, yeah, they're nice, they're good, uh, but they're not terribly valuable. The, so you can eliminate what isn't valuable much more easy than you can pin down exactly the ones that you think really are valuable. You know, I can look at a book and uh, look at it and say, okay, that's not the first edition because I know what the first edition looks like. So immediately I can say that's not right. Or I can look at a, a picture of something and say, that's terrible condition. I don't care whether it's the first edition or not. But but you know, new technology sounds perfect and it sounds wonderful. Uh, and, and the connections are absolutely fabulous. But we had one lady and she was moving. And so this all had to be done. Uh, and she said, the easiest thing is to come out. And I said, I'm not coming out. It just isn't fair. It's not fair to me. It's but not it's fair also, to or her, her either, right. Or if someone comes down with something and you contact someone else. so. We finally convinced her, let's do it by either Zoom or by, uh, uh, or by FaceTime. 
and uh, she had the she got the app onto her iPhone, and you know I'm saying, well, okay, this should be fairly well. Turned out it was a fairly it wasn't a hoarder's house, but it was obviously a very very cluttered house. The lights weren't that good, and she wasn't that young. She couldn't hold her hand steady. Oh, and yeah. so, well, it wasn't so, she thought she was holding her hand steady. Right. But even if you move just slightly, or she kept moving in and out, and she couldn't hold things steady enough for a long enough time. And it was like, I got some tiny little sense of it. And I said, well, no, you've got to do this. And it's interesting, the technology sort of backfired because I was looking at it and go, no, hold it. No. And and then she had to step over something. The light went down. So in one sense, someone who knew what they were doing, have had practice doing it, it works perfectly. But someone who hasn't done it uh, or doesn't have help of somebody, it was just, it was, it was, Almost got to the point of being humorous, although I couldn't do the appraisal. Well, <laughs> but it was like, stop, stop. We're, no. we're in the midst of this revolution in terms of technology and communication. And I, I feel very confident that at the speed it's running, that there'll be a lot of younger people helping older people or anyone for that matter. My wife, uh, Roberta, is the Zoom queen, we call her. She's, she took some early lessons and has been helping everybody. So hopefully that will will start to get even better. And I think you're right. I, I asked you at the beginning, you know, is, I, I use the word temporary. This is not going away, this technology. And for somebody like you in Boston, if you, you know, when things open up, if you just can't get on a plane one day to get to uh, Europe because there's something big going on, you can connect this way. And what a what a boon to save time and energy. Well, Well, if you actually think of it, I mean, we're not, that large, we have seven or eight employees who fortunately are still on payroll and we're doing everything we can to do that. But uh, if you think about it, theoretically, if let's say, I, I, I don't like ever saying this, I'm getting a little older when, they, when they're talking about with this virus into that age group uh, that gets a little, I'm starting to get, get there. And, oh and, yeah, yeah, and me too. <laughs> but 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 theoretically, I could now have if I had an injury or I wasn't feeling that well, one of my staff who has a sense of what they're doing could drive out to somebody's house. Right. Could show me everything, and theoretically, I could have a second person going to another house and doing the same thing. And in a way, I could make it a whole lot more efficient. If, if it needed to be. Right. But Let's hope the, it doesn't come to that because you love to go out. That's one of your well, passions. I, that, that's one of the most fun parts about it. <laughs> and, and, and what you also lose out a little in that, when you're face-to-face with somebody and the questions are going back and forth um, and you make that personal collect connection, maybe you sit down and have a cup of coffee while you're discussing what you saw. It still, I think, is better. But this isn't the, the worst way in the world of doing it. And even when you get to something like Zoom, and this is getting totally off subject, but uh, April 2nd was my uh, younger daughter's birthday. So we got a whole bunch of family members on Zoom and she lives in Nairobi. And we had a big Zoom birthday party. Oh, that's for great, her. that's great. The she timing, so- the, the, the time difference aside, you made it work. 
we made it work. And she didn't show me any books, but if she had friends with books in Nairobi, I could appraise them. <laughs> well, I, I can say this, that uh, in my work with you and uh, all of my other colleagues and friends and clients, uh, this has been uh, the lifesaver. So I can keep connecting and producing these podcasts. But uh, the last time we got together, we we didn't have a good connection. So we went by phone. This was much, much smoother. And I thank you for switching out computers. And uh, just so people know, uh, behind Ken now, uh, nothing too sexy. I see a bulletin board and some uh, water jugs. But if you just move that computer a little bit to the right or left, you're right. There are the books. Absolutely. Folks, trust me, he's got an office stacked to the brim with books, if you get the right well, angle. <laughs> and like I say, if, if I was doing this and it was a, a live feed and not sort of a podcast radio, I'd move it from the computer into the other room and we'd have walls of 18th, 17th, 19th century books. Uh, and it would, it would give even a little more of an aspect. But the reality is, so when we started this sort of the background, um, one quick story, we, we had a man once who was public relations and he got hired by publishers to sell more books. And one of the ways he did that was not outright selling books. He went around to architects. He went around to home builders. This was just after World War II and said, if you build a home, put bookshelves in the home, it makes the home more prestigious. It will make people feel that it's a higher class neighborhood area. You have bookshelves. And he said, naturally, if people buy houses with bookshelves in them, they put books in them. So in, in that way, he was selling more books. But the background when we started out with this, think about what's behind you if you're doing a job interview. Mm -hmm. Think of what image you want to project to that person meeting you and getting that first impression. And I honestly think that if you do it well, and if the other part that it shows when you're doing a meeting, a, a real professional, is it shows you made the effort. And the person looking, even if they don't particularly like your books, they know you made an effort to look good. And that makes all the difference in the Absolutely. world. Absolutely. And uh, if you want to remind yourself, folks, to check out anytime, brattlebookshop.com. There's all kinds of good stuff you can get into on the site. But what we just talked about, the use of Zoom and the backgrounds and appraisals, uh, Ken is willing and able and ready to answer your questions and connect with you. Ken, thanks for connecting with me on the Brattlecast as always. Well, it's always fun and I'm happy we can do this. And I'm looking forward to when we can get back in the studio and actually be only at one or two feet apart. Absolutely. Ken Gloss, I'm Jordan Rich. Have a great day. Thank you. <laughs>